you know, Pastor Je- I was letting Pastor Jeff's congregation know the other day, which is his school, that when we met, I had purple jeans and a lime green shirt and a foot and a half felt hat on. It was the first day... That- Just got brighter. How you doing, church? Brilliant. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you that you're in this place, God, and you have words to speak to these people. Father, would you just move me out of the way, God, and would you have your way in this place tonight? God, we just want more of you. Lord, we want to learn more about you. We want to be so on fire with your presence, God. Father, we want to be so filled up by your presence that we can't help but talk about you. We can't help but share your name with other people around us, God. So would you be in this place tonight with us in Jesus' name? Amen. Can we get Romans chapter 8, verse 4? You're ahead of me. That's brilliant. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Have you ever heard the saying, I feel like death? Oh, I'm so tired. I'm dead tired. I'm really. Have you ever heard this? I want to put this idea forward, propose this thought process tonight that it is very possible to be alive but dead, to be breathing but not have life. It's like that BCF ad, this ain't, that ain't living, like Jimmy is in his room playing games, slaying dragons all night. That ain't living. This is living. Anyway. But John 10.10 says, it's like Jesus' own little, this is living moment. It says, the, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but that ain't living. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, there is a possibility to be alive, but not living. A possibility to have breath, but not life. Jesus tells us this really cool thing in, in John eleven eleven. See, the, the backstory behind this is Jesus is hanging around with his disciples and, and Lazarus dies. And, and Jesus gets word that Lazarus is sick and he's like, all right, we'll go and see him. And he gets word again that Lazarus has died. Lazarus has died. And he says some stuff to the people around him. And then he goes on to tell his disciples after he had said this, He went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. I want to ask you, are you awake tonight? Are you awake in your life? Are you awake in your workplace? Are you awake in your walk with God? Because there are a lot of people around who are in slumber. There are a lot of people around who are asleep and don't have life, that don't know what life is. See, if we can get that... Uh, Romans verse back up, please. There are people who are living even next door to us, who are in the same workplace as us, who don't have life. They may be walking around, they may be breathing, they may be doing things, but they don't have life. They're in a sleep-like state. They're, They're zombified. They have no clue about what living really is. See, I wanna I wanna highlight the beginning of this verse. It says the mind. Governed 
the mind. See, the key to living life and the key to living life abundantly is your mind, your mindset, the way that you think, the way that the thought processes that you have. So I want to touch on that tonight and, and I guess promote thought about what your mind thinks, promote thought about the things inside that lead you to, to think the way you do, to act the way you do. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's, please, uh, God's will is, His good, faithful, and pleasing will. See, without a mind set on God, you, you don't understand what He has for you for your life. Without a mind set on God, you don't know what's up next for you. In the book of Numbers, there's this story about how Moses gets together 12 people, one from each tribe, and he sends them over to the promised land. They're, they're camped on the edge of the, of the promised land, and he sends them across the River Jordan. And he says, go and look out. Go and spy out the land. Go and see what's actually in there. Go and tell me about it. Go and see if we can take this land. And so he sends 12 people across. And they get into the land and they're so excited and, and they, 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 they just see so many wonderful things like fruit that's massive. And, and it's just an amazing land, wielding great crops. But then they see something else. They see the enemy. They see the giants. They see the enemy in the promised land. Now, how many of us know that when we start to step into God's calling, when we start to step into God's promises, that we face opposition. When we start to walk down the path that God has laid before us, we begin to encounter things that are meant to stop us. See, the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And so they get back across, and Moses gathers together with the elders and the 12 people, and they start to have a discussion about the land. It's amazing, it's so beautiful, it's wonderful, it, it, it's got great crops, it's, it, the, the possibilities are endless there. And then 10 of them start to speak out, but I don't think we can take it. I don't think it's possible to go in there and, and take this land. I don't think it's possible, they're too big, the giants are too big, they're too strong, we're too small. We have nothing in comparison to what they are except for Caleb and Joshua. See, Caleb and Joshua silence those people and they, they begin to speak out about how great God is, how big God is, how amazing and powerful and wonderful God is. See, the trick is not to think about how big the enemy is, how big your giants are. The trick is to start telling your giants how big God is because God is so far greater, so much bigger than anything that this world has to offer. The Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Nothing is as powerful as God. Nothing is as strong as God. And Joshua and Caleb knew this. See, they were the only two out of that entire generation that spent time in the wilderness that actually got to cross into the promised land and live out all that God had for them. See, your mentality can give you the keys to your future and your destiny, or it can lock you away from that. So you've got to start telling your giants how big God is. So there's this, there's this NBA player. Um, he plays for the Philadelphia 69ers. No, is that right? 79ers, 79ers, 36ers, 76ers. There we go. I got it. Um, his name's Joel Embiid. Embiid. Uh, he was 
drafted, I think, number one last year. Number two, thanks, Lachlan. <laughs> number two last year. But he injured himself and, and didn't play in a single game throughout the entire season. And so he's come on board with the team this year and um, is a rookie technically in the team. But here's a team who has finished bottom of the ladder year after year after year with no side of making the playoffs, no side of any, anything positive, but they just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And here's this young man who's stepped into this basketball team and he's coined this little phrase that is, is just going off in Philadelphia. That's right, right? Yeah, Philadelphia. And it's just going nuts in Philadelphia. He has this saying, trust the process. They made shirts about it. They got, they're waving signs. The Twitter is blowing up. Trust the process. I'm asking you tonight, are you trusting the process? See, things might look dull. Things might look difficult. But there is a process that God has laid out before you. Are you trusting his process? Are you like Joseph who was thrown from, from the point of, of being given a dream about his destiny to being thrown into jail? Are you trusting the process and, and still living out even though things seem tough? Are you still living out what God's got in front of you, trusting that there is better, trusting that, that there is a way out of the current situation that you're in? Are you like Moses who... Was, was meant to be some uh, amazing person and, and ended up killing someone and ran off into the wilderness and, and ran and hid away. Are you trusting the process? Sometimes things don't seem right, but, but everything is okay when we trust in God. Or are you like Elijah who, who just, cre- just performed an amazing miracle, said there would be no rain, came out and, and then prayed for rain and rain came? Just, just amazingly showed God to a bunch of people, but then got a death threat and ran away and hid in a cave, threw his life away because of the fear of what this world had to offer. He didn't trust the process, but as soon as God kicked him up the butt and told him that everything is going to be okay, trust the process. He got out, found Elisha, and began to radically change the world again. Are you trusting the process? See, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Are you trusting the process? Are you trusting that God knows that God has already laid out your destiny in front of you? God has already laid out the plans and the purposes over your life. That although things seem dull, things seem hard, that it doesn't look like there's a way out. Because trust me, I've been in that position, but there is a way out. You've got to trust the process. There is a way out of this situation that you're going through. And the final thing I want to talk about with your mentality, is that you've got to know God to know God. You've got to know God to know your call. You've got to know God to know where you're going. You've got to know God to trust in God. So what's your daily time like with God? Do you learn more about Him? Do you talk more with Him? Do you have more of a conversation? See, if you want to make friends with someone, you can't just stalk them from a distance. You can't just sit up the back and stalk them. 
But you've got to have conversation. You've got to learn about them. If you have a history assignment in school, you're not just going to watch, I don't know, movies about nothing to do with them. You're not, you're not going to clear away from them, but you're going to find all the articles. You're going to find all the historical evidence. You're going to find everything you can to learn more about that person, to learn more about that thing. What are you doing to learn more about God? What's your mentality like? I, I need to spend more time with God. It is such a desire that I need to spend time with God. I need to get in the Word. Or is it that's a chore that I've got to de- do to be a good Christian? Because the reality is God looks at the heart. He looks at the inside. And your attitude is what it's all about. If your attitude is negative, then there's no point in doing it. It's just as if you weren't doing it at all. But see, you've got to have such a heart for him, such a desire to know more about him, such a desire to chase after him. And in the darkest times of your life, in the best times of your life, you've got to get down and you've got to, God, I still need you. Even though things are so great, I still need you. When things are hard, God, things are hard, but I still need you. I trust in you and I know, I know that there's a process here. I know that the enemy has come to rob, kill, and destroy right now. But God, I'm going to trust in you. See, the enemy, the enemy doesn't come roaring in, banging down doors and, and ripping out things and, and screaming and shouting. But the, the Bible actually said he's a thief. You know, I, I witnessed a robbery um, Friday night, late Friday night. I, I heard this loud bang out, out the front of, of our place. And I was like, what? Someone's, bre- someone's breaking into my house. Like, what? Someone's breaking into my car. I was freaking out. So I've opened the door and busted out there. I'm like, what's going on? I'm going to stop this guy from stealing my car because he's got my laptop. And um, across the road, so if anyone knows Adam and Lisa's house, it, we, across there is, is another road. And there was a truck parked in the other road. And, and this guy with a torch was shining all over the truck. And what he was actually doing is he had just broken the locks on this guy's toolbox and started to rip out tools and throw them into his car. And it wasn't until he heard me come flying out, slamming the doors and all that sort of stuff that he realised, oh no, there's someone there and got in his car and floored it away. But see, a thief comes quietly in the dead of night to catch you while you're unsuspecting. See, sometimes things can be going so well. Sometimes things can be the best. Sometimes things can be so great and fantastic. And then, bam, something happens and you go, like, well, God, what happened there? That came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. What happened? And that's the thief. That's the enemy coming to rob, kill, and destroy. But see, if your heart and your foundation is so firmly planted in God, no matter what comes knocking through your life, you're going to trust the process. You're going to believe that no matter what happens, God's got you. God's in control and nothing can stop that. Nothing can halt that. Nothing can change your mentality from one that that is loving and following God. You know, I might be I might be talking to a bunch of people who are who are like, "Yeah, I already do that sort of stuff and that's great." But I want to ask you, what's your mentality like in sharing that with other people? Because as I said before, there are people around us who are in a zombie-like slumber, who are asleep and don't know what living is, who might be going out and just blowing their life away because they don't quite understand the worth that they have. 
What, what are you doing to help this cause? See, as, as Bible-believing, God-loving Christians, we should be doing all we can to share his name in the public. We should be doing all we can, not for our glory, but so that someone doesn't have to go through that pain and misery alone, so that someone can know true love, true hope, true salvation. Someone's life would be radically changed forever, reshaped forever. What's your mentality like about, about sharing God? What's your mentality like through your actions? Because we, we should be doing all we can to wake up those around us. Because you never know, you never know when it's too late. You know, I'm I'm so men- motivated um, to share God with my mum, and Lachlan and I feel the same way. Like he, she um, she had to watch her dad go through this crippling disease where he pretty much went from someone that she could look at and and recognise to someone completely different. He he lost all facial, facial features and just didn't look the same. He started to lose things in his brain and didn't know who people were anymore, didn't know what was going on until one day he lost his life. And we have conversation with mom about God and, and conversation about what I do and, and why I do the things I do. And, and she comes out and, and says, I, God's not for me because if he was... If he was if he was really a God, he wouldn't have put my dad through the things that he went through. Now, my mentality is to do all I can to change her thought process about who God is. That God is a loving God. God is a gracious God. That God loves, loves her and, and loves her dad so deeply and so greatly. That's my motivation, to do all I can to make sure that she knows. Because I've seen the things that she's walked down. I've seen the ways that she's tried to to make her life worthwhile, to make her, herself feel numb, to get rid of the pain. I've seen it. And I know that God's the only one who can do that. I know that nothing can fix this situation but God. So I want to ask you, what's your motivation? What's your mindset? What drives you to get out of the bed in the morning? Is it to go to work to earn money or is it to share God's word? What, what, what's your mentality like? Because we just got to chase God with all we have. We got to sprint after him with all we have. Because we've got it. We've got the love. We've got the hope. We've got the, the safety. We've got the freedom. But there's a bunch of people out there who don't. And don't know what it's like on this side. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're here. God, I thank you that you have immense love for every person. God, that you have immense love for even the the worst kind of person, the person that we would deem the worst. God, would you motivate us to love you more? Would you motivate us to change our mindset, to love you and to chase you with all that we have? Lord, that we wouldn't be content with our current lives but God, we would want to do all we can to share your name across this earth. Lord, would you come and would you bless us tonight? 
would you just fill us up again as we go out and into the world and be ambassadors of you, God. Father, we, we just want to do you proud. We just want to share your name. Amen. So if, I don't know where you're at in life, but I'm not perfect in it either. I'm preaching to myself tonight as well. And I just want to motivate you to go out and, and to make a difference, especially tomorrow, this week, while it's still fresh in your mind, make a difference. If the worship team want to come and I just want to open up the front, if anyone needs prayer for anything um, that's going on in their life, the altar's open and there's people here who love to pray with you and pray for you. So why don't we just worship God tonight? It is being disobedient and ever, ever rude. Oh, wow. Let's use a different Bible app. Yeah, when you get all ready to say something profound, hey, there we go. Someone's helped me out. Fantastic. The mind governed by flesh is death. Actually says before that, those who set their mind on things of the Spirit bring life. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's death in your world. Maybe here tonight there's things around you that, that seem like you're dying and just... Now, I'm not talking about the fact that you're, you're not a good gardener and your grass has gone brown and your, your trees are dropping their leaves and things like that. But there's just areas in our life that get governed by our thoughts and caught up so much in, in the flesh. And what that actually means, that means, well, in this area of my life, it's all about what I can get out of it. What can I suck out of somebody else? How can this serve me and make me feel good, irresponsive of what everyone else feels like? But the mind governed by the Spirit you know, so some of those things are very hard to break. It's very hard to break our mindsets when it comes to things that are, that are just failing. Our mindset when it comes to our work ethic. Our mindset when it comes to our study. Our mindset when it comes to how we treat other people. How we respond to situations. When we get down into, into trouble times come against us and we're just people like, oh, it's just all over, it's all had it because we're just thinking about how we feel and what we get out of it. But the mind governed by the Spirit. Mind governed by the Spirit. No, that's that. The Spirit, He's actually got to be poured into us to change our mind. Sometimes these things need something broken. Sometimes these things need heaven coming in. I don't know if you're here. Maybe you're here and you just need some of these flesh mindsets broken off and you need the Spirit to come in and change your thoughts tonight. We're going to sing. And if that's you, I just invite you out. And I just believe God wants to just change and, and pour his spirit into some minds and just open up and breathe life into some situations that have just got some death and stinkiness around them.